1991, I was the recipient of the ever-so-loving nickname, Tia Takalot. Now, this could have stunted my extroverted self, but instead, I embraced that name like it was my job. Almost 30 years later, that name still rings true. Here's the deal, though. I actually really love to listen, too. Someone once joked that this only happens on Tuesdays, though. Now, I don't want to disappoint your expectations of the show, so we won't veer off too often, but on occasion, you will hear from people other than myself. This episode happens to be one of those. Hello, hello, everyone. Today, I'm pumped to share with you Jill McNamee. She has been a friend of mine for actually quite a while. I don't even know if we could date back to when we first met, but friends in networking. We've met at networking events, and and it'd be weird if we didn't know each other because we both actually live in the same city, um, along with networking really all over the the Twin Cities and um, Hudson area. Hudson, Wisconsin area, for those of you that don't know where I reside on a regular basis now. And so I connected with Jill Networking, but then learned so much more about her business, how she does her business, and the way in which she markets, which I think you guys are going to get so much out of this because I wouldn't say it's completely old school. It's like old school, new school. It's like weaving all the pieces of business, actually shaking hands and communicating with people, making phone calls. There's so many different things that we're going to go over today. Um, And I think it will be really refreshing for those of you um, that are in a space where you're needing to market your business, right? And hopefully all of you that are listening are in that space. You need to be marketing your business to be able to bring in new business. So Jill, Thank you so much for being on the show today and for gracing us with your presence and sharing all your knowledge. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. And I would love if you shared, just so the audience has a little grasp on what you do and what your business is, and maybe even a little bit of why you got into it. Sure. Yeah, so um, I started in real estate in 2008, which was kind of an interesting time in the real estate market. Most agents or or quite a few agents were actually getting out of the business. And um, everyone kind of looked at me like I was from outer space, you know, back in 2008 when everyone was leaving the business. I'm like, yeah, hey, I I just got a real estate license. Um, The reason I got into real estate was really like... um, I love, I used to own a retail store in Hudson. And the one thing that I loved about being in retail was the human connection to the community and the people that would come in. And um, my retail store was almost kind of like cheers where people would come in and, you know, sit, sit at the wrap desk and just chat with me on it, you know, and I love that part of it. Um, However, retail has its own challenges. So um, real estate really, I think um, my journey into real estate sort of came from that desire to meet new people. Um, and, and that's what I, I love about, you know, the real estate business. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure so, you had some connections, obviously having a retail store in Hudson already, and then planting yourself here as a real estate agent. It was like, you had quite a bit of a warm market just because you'd already connected. Right. 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 Yeah. That was the one thing. Um, uh, when I opened my retail store, I, we had moved to Hudson in 1998 and, um, opening my retail store was really 
the first part of me living in Hudson where I started feeling connected, that connection with the community. Mm -hmm. Um, For all the years prior to that, I worked in the Twin Cities and, um, you know, of course, driving to the cities every day, you know, you're not connected within the community. So um, that's when it all started. And then when I closed my store, I was thinking, well, real estate would allow me the opportunity to um, really get plugged in in the community, and because um, I love everything about Hudson, yep, um, I do too. Really let's, to. let's not talk it up too much because then everyone will move here. And I know, <laughs> and it'll no longer be quaint small town Hudson, right? Except, we, except that's what you want. We want more people to live here. You have more clients, but I love how small Hudson is. Um, it's not too small where everybody knows your business, but it's not too big. You know, you get to be right. a beautiful community. So yeah, I absolutely love it. And I too, you know, really similar. I mean, our stories have aligned for so, so long. I mean, I started Tenacious, my marketing company in 2009, and I drove into St. Paul every single day. And so my network truly was people all over the Twin Cities. Because if, if you're at a networking event in, let's say, St. Paul, it could be people driving in from, you know, the west side of the cities, northern, southern, all over. And for those of you that aren't familiar, Hudson, Wisconsin is right on the border of Minnesota. And so, um, and then also really borders and has become kind of a suburb of the Twin Cities, St. Paul, Minneapolis. And so we're just a quick jaunt over the bridge and then we're right into, um, you know, big city life. And so, a lot of us from this area drive in um, to the to the big city, and so I did that, you know, for many many years. And uh, like what you said, Jill, I wasn't plugged into this community until you know I really said, okay, yep, my roots are here, and I want to get connected. and And that led me to um, actually going to your networking event. I got asked to speak at your event and I remember being like, Oh, I, I get to speak at your, at your event and it's in my backyard. Like that was my first opportunity to realize, Oh, there are opportunities here in my backyard to be able to, to network. And so, Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So I guess that leads us right into one way. I think that was probably one of your first things, right? When you jumped into real estate, that yep. you decided to start this networking group. So I would love to hear that because I know yeah. that, you know, there's that idea that there's a real estate agent on every corner. And I think you could say that about any, anytime you're in an industry, you feel like that in, in a lot of ways. I could say, oh, there's mm-hmm. Dorteer people everywhere. Oh, there's people that market and there's business coaches and consultants everywhere. And so how are you setting yourself apart? And I think this is one way that you really did that. Well, yeah. So, you know, getting into the business in 2008, I knew I needed to have an opportunity to meet new people without being the icky, pushy salesperson. Um, And uh, so I just basically, there was a women's group in Hudson at the time, and there were other realtors there. And um, I thought, you know, I need to, I need to be a leader. I need to, um, just start my own thing. So I just got into action <laughs> basically without really any plan at all. Um, I had a little postcard printed up that said, you know, um, here's an invitation to St. Croix Valley girls. This is what the group's about. Here's how much it costs. Here's where we meet. And I really just started hitting the pavement with that postcard and, um, everywhere I could think of to go where I would find a woman, the name of the group is St. Croix Valley girls. So it's a female, um, you know, we've kind of targeted the female um, business owner, um, 
so I just literally hit the pavement and started inviting people. And we had six people at our first meeting. <laughs> and just, you know, over the course of this 10-year time span of, you know, um, my life in real estate, um, it's like you said, St. Croix Valley Girls was the best thing that I ever did for myself. Um, a huge portion of my business every year comes from, you know, that group. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still, you know, now I have the help of my team to kind of pull it off. But in the beginning, you know, it was all me planning, you know, who the speaker was, the catering menu, everything in the beginning. And, you know, over the years, I've added leverage to my team, which um, we all know that life gets easier when you have leverage. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, now it's still a huge part of my team's um, success every year. So um, definitely one of the, and, you know, really it didn't cost me um, any money to start, you know, it was just one of those things that I thought, well, if I could, if I could add value, my thought process was I need to meet new people and I need to offer value. Mm -hmm. How do I do that? And my answer to that question became St. Croix Valley Girls. Yeah. So it allowed me to walk into, you know, another um, business and introduce myself and say, hey, I have something to offer you that you might be interested in. And um, at that time, too, people were more than happy to cough up their email address and their phone number and all their, you know, so I started building this database, this huge database that, you know, um, now the people that I've met in that group are my my tribe, you know, yeah. who... Um, who are supporting me and sending me um, real estate referrals and and um, people like yourself who I mastermind with for business other other um, women business owners that I really respect and have come from that group so I love it so for those that don't know it's once a month over lunch and it basically the cost covers the cost of lunch. So I think what it's maybe under $20, right? 15 bucks. Yeah. yeah, $15. We get launched, we get to network. There's a speaker there that speaks for about 20 minutes or so. And, you know, in part of asking Jill to be on here, uh, one, one month she happened to be the speaker. And so she jumped in and I think you jumped in Jill because the speaker wasn't able to be there or something. Right. right? So it was yeah. very last minute. And so I'm like, oh, I guess in. I'm the speaker. Right. And I had no idea that that was the case, but I was so happy because what you did was walk through, um, what, uh, your broader business Keller Williams really puts into place to say, here's all the touches you need to have with, um, you know, a potential client to grab them up and to, to get them in and to build that relationship and have them trust you and, and find your right tribe. And I took so many notes that day, even, I mean, I'm not in real estate, right? It was just simply about marketing, you know, like what it really takes to do this. And I am in marketing and I still took a a pile of notes and I just, I, I guess one part that I just loved, I mean, so many parts that I just loved was, the amount of times and how intentional you have to be in order to hit that many people um, or not even that many people, but people in general, that many times to be able to connect with them and, you know, keep them in what you said, you know, your database, a, yes, are people buying a brand new house every month? No, but they're sending referrals for sure. And one thing I didn't realize, and I don't know why I didn't, but in our mind, right, we think everybody knows a real estate agent. Um, That's because we network and we're at networking groups all the time, right? And so I show up in a networking group, even yours, and there's other, you know, real estate agents there. And the thing is, is if you don't network, 
you might not know. You might only just see the random billboards on the side of the road or whatever, and you have no personal connection to them. And so the friends and family that I have that, you know, are either moving here or moving away, they're, they're just kind of searching for someone and they might just land on someone at random, like I said. And so that's part of this marketing piece that it's like, how can we expand past, you know, the people that we, we know and the people that they know, right. We're building that relationship up. So anyways, at St. Croix Valley Girls, I was able to hear you speak, share some of those tidbits. And I thought that some of that, and even the other pieces that you've done within your marketing, I guess that kind of wrap into it, um, would be helpful for everyone to hear. And one of those things I saw you guys walking around Hudson during Halloween this last year, doing what you call reverse trick-or-treating, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that I've been doing since, uh, oh gosh, I think I started that like my first year in real estate too. Cause you know, door knocking is a big part of real estate and, um, you know, it me, like makes me sweat. Like seriously, yeah. like I get right? so anxious thinking about doing that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's all about doing what the, um, you know, I recently saw something like if you want to be in the top percent, you have to be willing to do what the other 99% are not willing to do. And, you know, yeah, um, door knocking is not my favorite thing to do either. But I knew in the beginning that um, if I wanted to have the level of success that I wanted out of my real estate career, that I had to do what others weren't willing to do. And door knocking on any other day is it makes me sweat too so I I was thinking well Halloween everyone is home everyone is happy they're all going to answer their door and not think that you know you're a serial killer (laughs) I just had um stickers created for for candy bars and um you know sort of um coined this term you know I'm gonna go reverse trick-or-treating and um, I'm going to go see people where they are. I know they're, I know they're there. Like I said, they're going to answer their door and people laugh and people, um, people really were receptive to it. And I think, you know, they, they respected me for doing, being the one that was doing something different and thinking out of the box and whatever. And sure, they probably tore the candy wrapper off, threw it in the garbage. But, you know, as long as they're thinking of me and my team while they're throwing it in the garbage, then that's okay. You know, it's, it's still, it's still getting me out into the community. Um, Just like the hot air fair, um, our team went over to hot air fair this year with hand warmers with the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we make sure that they're branded, but you know, it's getting out into the community and going where they are yeah. and thinking about it in terms of, you know, prospecting, sure. The hand warmers, what we invested in that cost us money, but the return that we got out of it, being able to post on Facebook that we're the realtors that are plugged in in the community here at Hot Air Fair handing out free hand warmers. Yeah. Um, it makes us stand out in the crowd of realtors. It's like you said, like everyone knows a realtor and, you know, not all realtors are created equal either, <laughs> um, which is a whole nother conversation yeah. on why you want to know who you're referring. Um, so anyway, from the very beginning, I have always built my business on how do I provide value to people? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I I kind of feel it's the whole Zig Ziglar thing. You know, if you you help enough others get what they want and make it about them and not about you, in the end, you get what you want or what you need to be able to sustain what you're, you know, and meeting your goals and all of that. So I try to practice my business. I love that. And that's just such a... 
a deep part of marketing and, and going to networking events and doing the things. I mean, so often we hear people, you know, you're, you're going into a networking event to receive uh, rather than give. And I too have taken that approach. I mean, I started out when I first started um, my business, I started out in uh, BNI, which is, you know, wild, wide, widely known across, you know, the world, actually international uh, networking company. And really it's, you're meeting once a week, you're creating relationships with people once a week, which is just mind boggling to me sometimes. Right. That I, you know, I stuck to that for an, an entire year, but part of it, you know, is really just, it's showing up and uh, being able to refer people. And so your network needs to be and grow bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And it does. And so for those of you not familiar with BNI really um, in any networking event should you should take the same approaches when someone gets up and talks and says who they need. And, you know, if they're smart, that's what they'll do. They'll say who they need, right? Like who would, you know, um, another networking event, I belong, networking uh, group I belong to is refine. And, and the statement is what would bless your socks off in the next 30 to 60, 90 days. BNI kind of does the same thing. What do you need as a referral? And so when people get up and say, this is who I need, this is who I want in my world we should be thinking, okay, how can I find that person? Or do I have a person that I can connect them with? Not just sitting back and waiting. Okay. I can't wait till I get to do my 60 second or my five minute or whatever, whatever group you're in um, is how can you be of service? And you are going to see a return. You will absolutely see a return come right back to you. Maybe not from that direct person, but maybe from another person they know or what. Right. I call that stirring the pot. When you're doing the right thing, you always get rewarded by the universe and it may have nothing to do with the activity that you did today. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just so weird the way the universe works that way. I love it. So another thing is I get in the mail from you is, um, well, two things. I get a card almost every single time I meet with you and it's branded, which is Uh my favorite thing. And, um, Actually, when I was pulling down in my, in my old office, I had all of my cards that I got from anyone. I like totally words of affirmation girl, but like I had all of my cards piled across the whole wall in my office. And it was crazy how many McNamee group, McNamee group, like I was pulling off of my wall and it was so fun to go back through and read all of these. So I know that you do that after you're meeting with people, but you also do a birthday um, card where you're gifting people um, a cupcake. And so a cupcake in a jar, right? Is that what it is? No. no. So the cupcake in the jar was for referrals. So if you give us a referral, you get, you get, um, we could give cupcakes in a jar. Um, since I started making soap though, we've, we've made an adjustment. People are off sugar right now. So they're getting my handmade soap. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Jill is multifaceted. She's does, she's got her hands in a couple different places and she's the soap lady, which is another, we'll have to put a link to, uh, your stuff on there. Um, so, but you're doing these birthday, birthday cupcakes or or whatever. And so you're getting in front of people in another way, um, branding again. So here's the thing, you guys, we've talked about lots of different things from, you know, handing out candy on Halloween to, you know, uh, warmers at hot air fair, which is an event here in Hudson. That's amazing. Um, you know, to having a networking event and, and right now our cost is still really minimal, um, in the grand scheme of things. There's nothing major happening from an expense point. 
um, per person. And so I love that. And again, kind of moving into having these branded cards, you know, that say things for meeting. And then again, something for people's birthday, it's, it sets you apart completely. So tell me a little bit about, I mean, I know I already kind of said all the things, but like, tell me a little bit about where that came about. Well, so again, it's, it's providing something of value. So, you know, um, it's not just sending a birthday card, it's sending a free cupcake coupon. Um, I'm providing a value to the person getting it if they use the coupon. And I'm also providing a value because I'm um, partnered with the Cakery in Hudson, Mm -hmm. who's our local bakery and makes amazing cupcakes if you haven't um, been there and tried them. So the idea is I'm doing marketing for them on the card um, and I'm getting people into their store because when they go there to pick up their one free cupcake, they're going to buy six more for the rest of their family or whatever. Yep. Um, so, you know, the cakery loves it because it's, it's free advertising for them and it's getting people into their store. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a lot of ways, you know, I also do this thing called the local dish where I, um, I um, interview people on camera at their location. So you may have seen on Facebook. um, So again, it's providing them value. Like how can I help um, get them out in front of the community? And it's partnering with other businesses where um, we both win, right? Like they win because I'm interviewing them and I'm showcasing them. And at the same time, they're sharing that video with all of their friends, which gets me as the realtor in front of their entire network on Facebook. Do you know what I mean? So um, again, I love partnering with the local people in the community because, you know, one of our core values here on our team is about community. Like, how do we give back? Um, and, And that's sort of how the local dish came about and the cupcake um, coupon. It's, um, it's having that um, relationship with them yeah. because through that relationship, again, it allows me the opportunity to walk into the cakery and say, I'm a realtor. I'm different than every other realtor. I want to partner with you to make this a win-win for me and for you. Hmm. How can we do that and help each other together to, you know, together everyone achieves more. Right. Yep. So, um, so it's having that mindset when I'm thinking it. about my marketing and then too, you know, I want to touch a little bit on the marketing versus prospecting. So mm-hmm. um, marketing and prospecting are two very different things. And when you talk about um, handing out hand warmers at hot airfare, reverse trick or treating, um, door knocking, the cold calling that me and my team do every day, that's prospecting. You know, um, I would consider that more prospecting than marketing, even though like the hand warmers and some of that does cost us money. It's a small amount of money. So one of the things that I had to challenge myself with when I first got into real estate is I had no money. I, my phone was not ringing. So for me, when you have no money to market, you prospect. And so sit and like, think about in your business, because whether it's doTERRA or real estate or selling soap, whatever your business is, there are things in your business that are prospecting based that you can do that are essentially free. Um, Networking events is one, you know, find networking events that are free if you don't have money to spend. So, um, but, you know, going back to that 33 touch that we were talking about earlier, don't just go to a networking event, come home with a stack of cards, put them in your CRM and start emailing them. Cause like, <laughs> really, like, I'm not going to give you a referral if I don't have a relationship with you. 
Right. You know, you've got to earn their trust. And so that's this is where the 33 touch comes in. And um, for those of you that maybe don't know what that is in, um, you know, this in, within Keller Williams, when I got plugged in, um, the first thing that happened for me is um, a mentor from my office gave me this red book called the MREA, the red book. It's Gary Keller interviewed um, a bunch of top agents and they com- compiled this book. It was, it's like 30 years old now. Um, but anyway, they said, read this book and just do what it said. So rather than reinvent the wheel, I read the book and just did what it said. And the one thing that really stands out that I taught that day that, you know, you were in the networking event is this thing called the 33 touch. And it's the idea that if you touch your people within your database, at least 33 times throughout a year, you will be one of two spots in their mind for the realtor category. So, um, there's another book out there by Reese and Trout. Um, it's called Positioning the Battle for Your Mind. And in this book, they talk about in your mind, every person has two spots for either an insurance person, a realtor, a doTERRA person, whatever it is. And, you know, obviously realtors, everyone knows a realtor. So I have to fight really hard to be those two spots and one of two spots when your neighbor asks you for a referral for a realtor. So the way I do that is through the 33 touch and the 33 touch is a combination. It's not all emails. It's a combination of emails, phone calls, you know, snail mail. Cause you know, everybody still likes to get note cards in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be seeing you face to face. It's a combination of all these different things put together and they, they don't even realize you're doing it. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like it's all systematized ahead of time. And, and, you know, you, you, you got the note cards and you got the warm fuzzy feeling every time I sent you a note to the point where you actually saved it. Right. But yet you probably didn't realize that that's a system that our team uses. And that's just part of the system that makes the wheel spin around. If that makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and now, um, you know, Gary Keller, who is the founder of our company, Keller Williams is talking that like in this market, 33 is not even enough. So, you know, now, I mean, if I had to count all of the touches that I have and, you know, you pile St. Croix Valley girls on top of that, our team is probably doing about 50 touches a year, you know, because we do 12, we do an email once a month, an email newsletter, you know, they're all getting the birthday card, they get note cards if I see them in person, if they're a female, they're getting, they're getting, I think, three emails a month, just as a reminder for St. Croix Valley girls, mm-hmm. I'm seeing them on Facebook. That So, you know, if you really add it all up, I mean, like, it sounds like a lot. Yeah. But people don't even realize that how often I'm touching them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like it, it happens so organically that you don't even know that you're part of a system. Part of the system. Yep. Well, and because you've put such a personal touch on it, if I was only receiving emails from you, um, right. that's not so personal because we all know those that those can be automated and my name can be put on it without you writing it. You know, we all know that now. I mean, that's pretty common, but I'm still seeing, even if I don't even open your email and I just hit delete, I'm still seeing McNamee group drop into right. my inbox. 
And, um, and then, um, you know, the St. Croix Valley girl piece of it, it's like your name just keeps coming up in my thought process. And again, yeah, I, I chose to be a part of that connection to be a part of those email lists. Right. I want to be able to know when St. Croix Valley girls is coming. And, yeah. you know, I have been there now, I don't know, probably a good half dozen times, but I still read the email. I still look to see who, you know, is going to be the speaker. And again, I see your name. And so Uh I I think that that, you know, you said there were six people at your very first meeting and now you have anywhere from 50, 60 people that show up. And so, and your database, I'm guessing is 10 times that amount. Well, we have a database of about 7,000 people right now, but I would say, um, so probably maybe 2,000 of those people, you know, because um, St. Croix Valley Girls is almost 1,000 all by itself. And I'm not saying that all those people show up every month for St. Croix Valley Girls, but they're still getting touched. They're still getting the notices. They're getting three emails from us a month. And it's like you said, whether they're reading the email or just trashing it, I don't really care as long as they're thinking about my team while they're putting it in the trash. Because again, it's the touch and, you know, Grant Cardone, one of my favorite followers, who's an author and, you know, he says, obscurity is the end. You know, whether you have haters or people love you, it doesn't matter. If no one knows who you are, you are not going to be successful, you know? Yeah. So I don't really care. You know, if I send a postcard and you throw it in the trash, I've, I've achieved what I wanted to achieve. As long as you're thinking about the McNamee real estate team while you're throwing it in the trash, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? Um, but you know, it's that personal thing too, that, you know, you, you just touched on and, um, I do think too, there's an opportunity that people miss. Um, you know, I, there's a magazine that we get here, um, Uh, it's called Hudson Neighbors. And I used to do some advertising in there for a while. But every month when I get that magazine, I look through it just to see who I know has an article in there. And when I see their article, I tear it out and I put a note on it saying, you know, great job on your article. Um, I put it in the mail to them with a note saying, you know, congratulations on the article, great job or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, it's that little personal touch that makes them have that warm, fuzzy feeling like, oh, Jill was thinking about me today. How nice, you know? And that didn't cost me anything. But if, what, what is a stamp now? 49 cents, something like that? Yeah. Um, so it's stuff like that. The other one that I want to make sure I get in is the, the, free, um, the free touch. So like you just said, you know, you're getting emails from tons and tons of people every month. A lot of people will unsubscribe. They'll delete it. Um, Here's what I do. I want to get the last word in. I'm like, they touched me. I'm going to take two seconds. I'm going to hit reply. And I'm going to go, Tina, I love getting your newsletter every month. I hope you're you're just killing it this month. And I send it back to you. Because then you get it and you go, oh, you know, Jill read my newsletter. How nice. That's so awesome. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I really maybe didn't have time to read your newsletter. I could have thrown it in the trash. But I chose to send it back to you with a personal note saying, hey, hope you're doing well and business is good. Whatever. It took like two seconds to send you that email back. But the way you feel on the other end when you get it, thinking that I read your 
your newsletter is priceless. Yep. Absolutely. And I love that. And I don't think it feels so authentic when someone does, when someone does do that, because it's like, Oh, you actually opened it. You felt the need to respond to me. Thank you. You know, and I have, you know, similar people that will respond to many of my emails, you know, and it's just to keep that connection. And in my mind, I know, Hey, I'm going to send this and I'm probably going to hear from these handful of people. And right. you know, maybe they'll respond with something that they read um, or maybe not. And honestly, it keeps them in my thought process. Again, like you said, the, everyone has two spots in their mind for each kind of industry or each, you know, role. Yep. It's like, you're right. Like I know Uh like if I need this or this or that, like I know the people that I'm going to go to, or I'm going to refer. And I think that's the biggest piece here too, is again, you know, when you as a real estate agent sell a house, you know, we, we buy a house and you're the, you know, you help us with that. We're probably not going to buy a house, you know, again in the next year or or two or three or whatever, but someone else is going to. and, And that is that constant reminder. And that's one thing that I really love about, um, Keller Williams and just, you know, real estate agents that are actually doing the things, right. Is that I'm still hearing from my real estate agent, you know, and we bought this house almost five years ago. Like, uh-huh. It's so awesome. And we forget that as other business owners, right? Like I could look at um, my doTERRA organization and, you know, I've been building this now for three years and three years in, I met people in the very beginning that I can honestly say have not heard from me since they came to a class the first time uh, because I didn't do my due diligence in a, either getting their email list or having a process, which in they, which they flowed. Now I changed that and I can't believe I didn't have it in the beginning, but you just get started sometimes, you know, if you're in a spot right now in your business where you're like, crap, I didn't do the work in the beginning. And you kind of have this guilt, like release that and then just start now and start a piece or two and weave it into your, into your, into the fold. Now, Joe wasn't doing all of the things we talked about day one. I mean, there was quite a few the day one, but not everything was day one. It built upon each other. And now she also has a team that can help with things from putting labels on candy bars to the water bottles in their office to, you know, the little things that they do um, to put their brand on it. It takes more um, than just one person. So when you're thinking about doing this, especially I know a lot of you that are listening are part of network marketing, you know, you're solo, you're probably running pretty solo. Maybe you have a little bit of an assistant. Um, But the thing is, is generally speaking, you will start building a team within your network marketing team. And so you can work together to connect with people to follow up with them. I know that um, something that I did just recently was sent um, to a portion of my personal um, enrollments slash clients, however, customers, whatever you want to uh, call them. Um, I sent them out just like a thank you gift. And maybe it's been you know a few years since they enrolled, but I just sent out a quick like, hey, thinking of you, here you go. And now in my mind, especially after hearing you, Jill, talk about this, like, okay, how often is that going to happen? And what is the flow of, you know, gifts that I want to send out or just thank yous to people um, and have it actually be part of a system and not just like, oh, it's Valentine's Day. I should probably send something out, you know, Um, but actually be planning it. And that's something that you guys have done. um, Well, and I think too, if you think about anything that happens in your business, like you said, especially if you're a solo, 
anything that you do more than once should have a documented system that's followed. And that was a mistake that I made early on in my real estate career when I didn't have leverage is I just went about my day and I did stuff as I did stuff. And um, it wasn't until I started adding leverage in my world. Cause you know, I'm, I'm not of that personality that's very analytical and detailed and you know, that's what makes me a good real estate agent is mm-hmm. I'm good at the relationship building part. And I need to, um, you know, leverage off the, the things that, you know, you're not good at. And, um, but I think, you know, from the beginning, if I would have start, I think about it this way. And I, I think I, the, the other thing is, you know, thinking big in the beginning, I did not think big in the beginning and I should have built my business from the very beginning as the six lane super highway that I'm trying to get to now yeah. because, when you build it big enough in the beginning, you, you grow into it. Yeah. And when you do it the opposite way, you're thinking small and all of a sudden you're growing as you go. It takes longer to get on that um, path of momentum. I feel Um, like. Absolutely. I could not like you just exactly said what I did in my doTERRA business. When I first got started, I didn't care about the first initial little $50 checks here and there because I was running a large larger in my mind, actually really small, but large company. Um, and that those checks weren't, isn't what fueled me the end super lane highway, uh, six lane highway, you know, that's what fueled me. I knew that what the structure I did right now wasn't just going to get me to that next spot. It was going to get me to the end. And so I kept that in mind the entire time from beginning till now and, and onward. Now, is there some parts of it that because I grew, you know, and developed it that big, I maybe could have got to some spots early on a little bit faster, to be honest, just because I drew, grew a little bit wider, but it made more sense for long-term for me to grow in the way that I did. And so to put that in, to apply that, you know, to each and every different business, you need to do that on your own. What does that look like to you? What does your six lane highway look like, you know, down, especially when you're solo. So um, there's some steps and some processes in there, but I love it. Um, Well, I think, I think sometimes like, okay, so you have the end, you know where you want to end up. Like when you started doTERRA, you knew where you ended up, Mm -hmm. but I like to use the analogy of you're driving a car in a snowstorm at night. The headlights are only going to show you, you know, the next, what, maybe hundred yards. If even you're not going to know the whole path to get to the destination of where you want to go. But if you just keep, um, you keep your mind on that. I just need to go a hundred yards. Then when I get there, I just need to go a hundred more yards. You know what I mean? You're never going to have the clear picture of the roadmap from where you are now to where you want to be. It's just taking those little baby steps. And when you get there, then having the faith that it's going to happen again, you know, and, and you're, you know, you'll see the light when you, when you get to each step, yep. if that makes sense. You know, exactly. I think- and to like loop that back. I mean, I think that we could say in any business, you could dabble in it or you could go all in. And I think right. the analogy of, you know, acting as if, you know, you're already all in as if you're already at the end, as if you're already there. I mean, and, and that right there, you're right. Keeps that, like it keeps opportunity open. Like it, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. And you see it. That's why so many people vision board. I don't vision board. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 
I don't, I, I, I vision, uh, right <laughs> all the time. I don't have an actual board. Um, but that's why people do it. Cause they, they want to peer into the future a bit. Um, mm-hmm. and that goes even into our strengths. The strengths finder book is one of my very favorite things. I love the yeah. quiz. I love all the information on it. I could dive into it more and more and more. And one of mine, uh, one of my strengths is futuristic and I absolutely love, I'm like, thank you God for putting that into my brain because I love being able to think farther out to be able to dream uh-huh. that far and to do that. And so if you're like, Oh, I wish that was my strength. Well then you know what you do is you latch on to someone that has that as their strength and you, right. you, you combine strengths and it's, that is something that not enough people realize. Like when you know other people's strengths and you can connect with them, that's why people love to mastermind and, you know, to learn so much. And that's something, Jill, that I know you do so very well and is getting people on your calendar. And so with all of that said, with all of the things that you do from emails to, you know, getting out in the community to running your networking group to doing all of this stuff, how do you position time to then do the actual things, the actual business? Are you, are you taking like a third of the time here for this, a third there? And are you mapping that out on a daily oh, basis? Well, luckily in my world right now, I do have the leverage. You know, I have buyer specialists on my team. I have um, support staff that handle some of the back-end stuff of St. Croix Valley Girls. So really uh, as a as far as St. Croix Valley Girls, I have pretty much that whole thing leveraged out. I just show up now, I lead the meeting and I leave and I'm on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have goals that I set for myself for co- number of coffee appointments, number of lunch appointments, mm-hmm. um, you know, number of listings that I need to take. Um, and I pay really close attention to, so, you know, getting a listing is the end goal of why I do everything, including the lunch and the coffee appointments, right? So those are my sort of measurables that I'm measuring to make sure that if I'm not doing those things, I'm not building the relationships. You know, I may have someone come to St. Croix Valley Girls who I've never met before. If I don't bother to take the time to go meet them for coffee, Mm -hmm. I'm never going to get a referral from them. So that's a necessary part of my success. My team's success is, um, so I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just know that if I don't, if I don't do, um, what I'm supposed to do every month in terms of, you know, it's, it's like people think, well, that's kind of weird. Like how does a coffee appointment with someone lead to a signed listing contract? And it's like, well, it's through the relationship. It's like you said, it, I may not get a listing contract for meeting with that person for coffee this month, but six months from now, it might lead to a sign listing. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? So um, even though the two really don't relate, I, I, that's the hard part about what I do real estate wise, because the work I do today, I don't, I don't get paid today for the work I do today. Yep. You know what I mean? I'm filling the pipeline for next year. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to need listings next year. So um, that is the hard part to just have faith knowing that every coffee appointment and lunch appointment that I do is going to lead to future business down the road. Absolutely. So I would say, you know, that that is, a, it is a challenge to be like, well, you know, for newer agents, especially, 
because mm-hmm. they, they want something right now or need yeah to, it's you know, the, like, you know we're, we're living in a world of instant gratification right so just to have that mindset and and be patient and know that putting in the hard work now will pay off yep in the end you know so Yep. I love that. And that's so applicable for every single business that, um, from relationships in every business that I've ever had is, yeah, it, it, you might, and you probably will have a win here and there where something happens right then on the spot. Right. But it's really going to be more about that relationship, how it, how it extends and how it goes further. And here's, here's one piece. And we've actually talked about this on the podcast quite a bit is, um, knowing who it is you want in your world. And so mm-hmm. wasting coffee dates um, on people that you A, don't want to work with, that you don't want as a client, that isn't going to be a good referral, is not right. worth your time. And so the only way you know if it is, is if you have that defined. And it's pretty easy. I can look and scan a room pretty quickly and decide on who I want in my world. Generally, it's the person that's leading the networking group, for sure. And, right. the, speaker, and the people that sit up right up front, the ones that were uh, volunteering and helping, it's the helpers, the leaders. Yeah. Those are the people that I want to stay connected with. And also, I will for sure always sit in a networking event at a table where I don't know anybody. Do right. not, do not, do not. And I see this all the time. People still do it. They still sit at a table where they know a bunch of people. Then why did you even show up? Like, mm-hmm. why did you come? Right. It What's the point? Sense, right. And, and I, I get that. Oh, maybe I want to learn something, you know, and maybe I, you know, just want to have community and connect. But, but if you're really truly needing to grow your business, which is generally why people go to a networking event, um, sit with people that you don't know. Then when you hear them introduce themselves around the table or to the room, you can be like, that's someone I need to know. And I did right. exact same thing when I was at um, the last St. Cry Valley Girls is I sat at a table. I didn't know anybody. Some One person did come and sit that I knew because they were like, oh, hey, Tina, I can't I, Oh, you're here. You know, I was like, oh, we know each other. Sit at another table. No, I'm kidding. It's right. Fine. Anyway, like, hey, can you please move? Yeah. Can you move? I already know you. Save this seat for someone I don't know. <laughs> And so I sat around a table of people I didn't know and was able to set up a coffee date with someone that I like, oh yeah, we would be, let's connect. Right. And so Uh it makes sense. And, you know, here's another thing just to kind of toss this last piece out there, because, um, oftentimes we think about, you know, how am I, especially in network marketing, why would I go to a networking event? I'm just looking for customers. How am I going to find leaders or builders or people that want to add this Mm -hmm. in? And this has been something I've been diving quite a bit into and uh, recorded a podcast on it just a little while ago was all about the fact that people that are successful already understand success and how to get there. And they're the absolute most perfect people to have on your doTERRA team, your whatever team it is. And that's how I have built my team. I look across the the leaders on my team, even people that are just, you know, haven't done a ton, but they're in, they have another business because I see that vision for them. I see that piece for them to be able to grow a doTERRA business on the side, just like I did. And so mm-hmm. don't write that off as someone maybe not wanting to join your team because they're in another business. It might connect so super well and it might be your next uh, strongest leader. So well, yeah. and, and two, thinking about it as, okay, so so-and-so might have told you they're not interested now, you know, 
it doesn't mean never. It just right. means now, yeah. you know? So I think to, to write someone off, um, you know, you ask them once and they say they're not interested. Well, why would you write that person off? Because something might change in their life. They yep, might absolutely. be in a different position. Um, there could be any number of reasons where they may decide that, um, that now is a good time. So you want to make sure that you are the one person there in their world that comes to mind when they decide they're ready. Absolutely. So, yep, yeah. exactly. Because like you said, they've, they've got another person in that spot that could be that person if you haven't been the one following up with them or they show yeah. up at, you know, whatever, another event and they're like, Oh no, you're my people, you know? So you want mm-hmm. to still stay in that lane of being your people. So this is awesome. I know Jill, you and I could coffee every day and still not right. get all the things that we want to talk about. And I could ask you so many more questions about what you're up to, but I'm going to wrap this little, uh, this up with a little bow and, you know, hand it back to you and say, is there anything that you have that you'd want to leave the audience with that maybe we didn't capture uh, quite yet in, in our chatting? Well, the only thing that I would say is um, get into action. You know, people spend so much time getting ready to get ready and um, they're so worried about looking perfect and being perfect and I'm trying to challenge myself to do more video because I'm really uncomfortable with video and I know it's a necessity for me to get to the next level. Um, so I guess what I would just say is like, get over yourself, stop getting ready to get ready and move into action and hopefully it'll all fall in, into place. Yes. I love that. You're speaking my language for sure. So Thank you, Jill, for being on here. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening because I know that just taking a listen, just diving in, learning a bit more about your business and about you can be so, so helpful. But like Jill said, I want you to take action on the things. Do not just hit uh, you know, um, refresh and listen to another podcast right now. Go out and figure out some of these things, documenting your systems. What are things that you're doing on a regular basis that you need to just write down and get into your planner that you're going to do? Or maybe you have a CRM or maybe you have um, an email list that you can automate. And if you don't, I, I highly suggest you you find one. They can be really inexpensive. They don't have to be a fortune and, and dive in. And if you need suggestions, ping me. I can help you um, in figuring out what would be the best option for you for what you're up to. And so in wrapping up, I want to remind you guys that the Soul Planner happens to be our sponsor for these beautiful podcasts. Thank you, Soul Planners. We have a link in our bio. I can't imagine, I cannot imagine my life without this planner. It's sitting in front of me right now as I speak. And so thanking Sarah Light for having this vision to create this beautiful uh, work of art that I get to use on a daily basis in my business. And last but not least, if you have not left a uh, review yet on iTunes, I would just super appreciate it. So until next week, you guys, thank you.